0: Welcome back to another episode of Beat the Maze. It's Ian B. And
1: it's your girl, Jay And
0: you are going to want to grab a notebook because we're going to drop some gems on y'all today. We have the one and only Michaela Parks. Michaela, how you doing?
1: Hi, how are you? If you would just call me Mac,
0: I'm call you Mac. I'm back mac so we like to start our segment well we like to start our show with a segment called um you know just how is your week going so Mm -hmm. we're gonna start with Jasha. how's your week going so far
1: um my week has been flying by it was filled with a lot of kind of new discoveries and thought process thought Mm -hmm. processing but it's been going pretty good i'm looking forward for this week to come and you
0: my week has been going pretty good so far um also very quick so I can't believe it's Sunday already, but you know, we're gonna jump into another week and get going. Mac, how you how's your week been?
1: Long. Actually, my week has not been flying by. My, my week has been going through it. But I'm okay. I'm doing well. Like I'm blessed. So that's all I can really ask for.
0: That's a blessing. That's you, so so gonna jump right into it. Do you mind just telling us a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: So my name is Mac. I'm a content creator, a creative director, and I have my own rolling paper company. It's called Smacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of do a little bit of everything. I've worked in entertainment since 2018. I started working my sophomore year of college. Kind of just been getting my foot in the door in like several spaces and just learning different parts of the industry Um, and finding my place and what makes me happy and like how I want to grow my personal, like Mac Parks brand. So that's what I've been focused on the past year and a half probably. Michelle, so
0: did you always know that you wanted to start a business? Did you always know you wanted to start the Mac Park brand or did it kind of do-
1: Absolutely not. I like actually fell into this. Like everything that I do honestly came off the strength of me that like just being in Atlanta. Uh I went to a pretty like high-ranked um school for high school. It was pretty academically solid. Um, I knew I wanted to go to college all four years. I just didn't know exactly where. I wanted to go to Harvard since I was six. Like that was always like my dream school. Um, When I got to be 16, 17, I started going to like USA water polo camps. Um, I had met the coach at Harvard and me and him kind of like built up a um, communication through emails and I started going to like specific Harvard camps. Um, And that was my dream. I wanted to play water polo competitively at the college level. And it was either going to be Harvard or Brown. Those are like my top two choices. It didn't work out that way. They wanted me to get a certain score on my ACT at the time. And I couldn't break the number. Um, I think it was a 30, if I could remember accurately. I got a 27 or 8. Okay. but the way the test dates go is once you take the test for that national test date, it's not going to be another one for like another month or two months or whatever that schedule or calendar is for that year. Oh. I didn't have time to take the test again before the actual application was due for the school. So I kind of was informed that like I could apply still, but they wouldn't be able to push my application the same way that like they would have been able to, if I got that score on the ACT. Mm. So um, I kind of went into like a panic mode because basically everything I thought was my plan for life was kind of like falling apart a little bit. Um, and so I think I Googled like top HBCUs cause I like the idea kind of started to sound more and more like appealing. Um, it was always, it always seemed nice to be around like-minded people. I went to a predominantly white and Asian high school. So I was the only black girl graduating my class of 684. Like I was literally the only full black girl. There was probably like two or three other like mixed girls but it was only me. And there were 684 or yeah, 684 in my class. And so I kind of always felt like not out of place, but it was just like my normalcy. Like I kind of grew up around that. So coming to Spelman was an experience, but it was something that I think I needed. And then once I came out to Atlanta, everything just started falling like dominoes, like everything just started lining into place. And like, I'm where I'm at now, I'm really off of it just kind of happened like this. I'm happy it happened like this because I couldn't see it any other way now. But at the time, I was devastated. Like, I thought my whole life was over in 2016 because I didn't know what the fuck I was about to do. But...
0: It's so crazy that, like, at 16, 18, you think, like, I got to do this by this time. And it's like...
1: I think we ain't really even getting nowhere yeah, we, so we
0: just away. getting started yeah,
1: not really but I've been like that my whole entire life honestly mm. like I always knew I was like destined to like do something amazing like ever since I was like five or six like I always knew like normal wasn't like really cutting it like I always knew I wanted more so I mean it's working out that's <laughs> a good how did you get into water polo that's very unique uh I'm always trying to get out of stuff when I learn like new tasks or like skills so I uh, played softball and um, soccer growing up so I knew I wanted to play one of those sports in high school I didn't end up playing either one in high school Um, so my freshman year biology teacher was the water polo coach so one day I was like in class zero period like seven in the morning and I was like I can't believe I have to do PE like in California I don't know if it's all the schools in California but like in my school district, or like in the area that I went to school in, doing PE in high school was like, ugh, like you don't play a sport. Like it was not, really? yeah, but you had to do at least two semesters of a physical activity, I think, to graduate. So if you didn't play a sport, you had to do PE for two semesters. So since softball was a spring sport, they told me that I had to do PE my first semester. And so I I didn't want to do PE. So I was like, what sport can I get placed into I think basketball was full um every other sport was like full for that season and so my teacher slash coach he was like we'll just sign up for girls water polo and I looked at him and I was like I'm black like (laughs) 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 Like, uh -uh. and then I went home and I told my mom about it and she was just like well like do what you want to do like like figure it out so I told him I would try it I took swimming lessons when I was younger I've always been able to swim so That wasn't really an issue. And then I've always been like naturally like um I could pick up like a sport very easily. Like I've always been like pretty like athletic. I have good hand-eye coordination. Like Mm -hmm. I can pick up pretty much anything. And so once I got in the pool, it was kind of like second nature. And then after that first season, I got asked to uh join the club team that one of the high school coaches at my school was coaching on. And so I think that first year I went to Junior Olympics. Yeah. Like I It was just like a a natural type thing, like, oh like yeah. And I'm like, I'm I have long (laughs) arms and stuff too. I was a goalie. So it kind of was just like, yeah. That's just your thing. So so. how was it like you went to Spelman? It was a different world. It was a whole new shebang. What did how did you find yourself getting into the content creation and just creative directing world? Okay, so (laughs) um I actually, um, I was friends with the girl at the time who she started. She had, she was. How do I even fucking word this?
0: <laughs> Say <it laughs> how you feel.
1: How all this out, <laughs> okay.
0: Say it how you feel. But,
1: um. So okay. So my first week in Atlanta, actually. I'd never seen Linux before, so I was telling the girls that I had met on campus, like, I want to go to the mall, like, I want to see what it looks like, the rappers always talk about it in songs and stuff, so we end up going to Linux. this is like my first week in Atlanta, like, ever, and so we're walking around, like, the mall and stuff, some guy who went to Morehouse, um, his name's Aaron, I think, he's from the DMV, Aaron from DC, you know who I'm talking about, the light eyes? Okay, uh-huh. so you talking about
0: Ern?
1: Yeah, I think she's talking about Aaron. No, not Ern from DC. Ern from DC, he's brown skin. I'm talking about the light skinned Aaron. Nope. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, anyway, so he had approached uh me and my friends in the mall and were just like thugs in the mall today. And I was like, what? Like, no way, like where's young thug at? And so we kind of started like walking around a little bit and then we end up going into um I think I what store was it? It was like Urban Outfitters or like one of those just like random stores and we were just like looking around and mm-hmm. some guy had came up to us and was just like what's your name like normal atlanta stuff but the thing is i'm from the suburbs like i'm from orange county i'm not used to seeing a bunch of stuff he had a uh, face tats he was wearing tims in august and it just looked like a scary sight a little bit like it was just something was just off about it <laughs> and he was like uh pull up to the studio tonight like uh me and my brother we've been a like atlanta stuff just talking fast and i hadn't adjusted to how people talk out here yet either so i'm literally just looking at him talk like
0: mm-hmm.
1: what and so i was like yeah like i'll let you know like and i'm trying to like curve him a little bit and he said you're not finna fuck with me and my brother and i was like no he checking out right now and we looked up and thug is at the register checking out i'm like this is so atlanta like i like couldn't really believe it That's such a random... <laughs> G, uh... I never even I never even talked to him again after that. That's what's so crazy about this story is the fact that, like, I never saw him again or talked to him again after that. Um, The girl that I was with, she ended up becoming cool with some other guy that was in like their camp or whatever, and they would invite us to like come and just like hang out or whatever just normal like I was 18 in Atlanta for the first time just around type shit. And so one day I was in the studio and um, Young Thug had asked me if I knew who that was that I was talking to. And I didn't know who it was. I've always been, like, kind of social. Like, I just feel like I just naturally talk in certain spaces because you never know who you're going to meet or, like, right. what people do or anything. I'm just, like, networking naturally. And so I am I was a political science major at Spelman. And I was telling him about um, just how I wanted to get into entertainment law. And I was, like, I just feel like every other form of law is kind of, like, boring. But I want to make my parents happy because they wanted wanted me to have a respectable you know career like doctor lawyer um finance like just do something that you know that they could be proud of money
0: be safe be secure yeah yeah
1: and so I was talking to him about that and Thug had asked me if I knew who he was and I had told him no like what do you do and my boss was like I'm a director I make music videos and so Thug starts name dropping like projects and I was just like I didn't know what he was talking about because all the projects Doug was naming, like, weren't the actual names for the projects. Like, he was like, um, he made white tee. And I'm like, what's white tea? And he was like, T-shirt by Migos. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it was just like opposite flipped. And so me and my boss ended up, I told him I wanted to shadow him. Next time he was in Atlanta, I wanted to go shadow him on set. And he told me that he what well, I think at the time he wasn't in Atlanta too much. And he was like, I'll let you know when I like come back out here. He told me to get his number from Zoe. I didn't, I didn't get it that day. I didn't get it. And then the next day we ended up going back to the studio again and my boss was back and I was just like, Oh, uh, nice to like see you again. Like I didn't get your number. Like I want to stay in contact. So I ended up actually getting his number from him directly, not from the stylist that was in the studio. And so I ended up just like keeping a, basically just keeping up with him. Like whenever I would see projects drop online or like Twitter would go trending with certain videos, I would like text him and be like, oh, I saw the video. Like, that's fine. Next time you in Atlanta, like I want to come to set. And then one day he had called me and he was like, I'm starting my own production company. Like, would you want to like run social media for my company? I was just like, yeah, like, of course. And so once he kind of gave me the platform to do that, I kind of just would go to go on set get behind the scenes, um, look for behind the scenes photographers, tell them what type of like content that I wanted like shot. Um, just, that was like the start of it in 2018. Like my first project I think I ever worked on. And what's funny is they never ended up dropping the project. I don't think Are I think they dropped it like two years later. It might not even be out. I have to go back and look, but um, it was Lil Yachty, Migos and Gucci Mane on one song together the song ended up coming out but it was like years after the fact and Mm -hmm. I don't know if the visual was ever released but um that was the first project I ever worked on and just been kind of like moving through the motions ever since yeah so I'm assuming you you enjoy it that creative outlet yeah it's fun and I've always been like a creative person I think I just never found a way to like really tap into it because growing up my mom always kept me so busy with stuff that like I never really had free time as a kid growing up. Like, I think I didn't get my first ounce of like free time for real till I got to Spelman my freshman year. Like that was the first time I really had like time to hang out with friends and like go out to eat for real. Like I would do certain small stuff, but all of my closest friends, we shared activities with each other. Like my best friend from high school, we were in National Charity League together. We played club water polo together. So like our friend moments was like, all right, I'm about to ride with Alex to practice and spend the night before our tournament tomorrow. Like all right. of our stuff was together. So it was easy for us to keep our relationship. But without us sharing those activities, I probably wouldn't be as close to my best friend. Like I was always busy growing up. I never had free time.
0: Sure. One thing that I, um, was really, really like interesting to me when, you, when you're telling your story about how you get into creative directing was your courage, like, you just ask, like, yo, can I get your number? Yo, I just want to shadow you. Have yeah. you always been like that, or did you kind of develop that?
1: Okay, this is actually, like, a funny story. Uh, I think my mom wouldn't mind me telling it, but my mom is actually kind of shy a little bit, like, uh, she's outgoing now, and, like, with her family, obviously she is, but my mom is not really, like, the social type person, so when me and my sister were younger, like, growing up, she kind of conditioned us to be like this because she didn't want us to be afraid to talk to people how she was. So like, when I was like, four years old, or like five years old, my mom would watch me and tell me to go to people in the store, like, go ask them where the oranges are, go ask them where da 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 is. And so like, I've always been conditioned to like, be able to speak my dad's like the same way, like, my dad could sell water to a fish, like, he's very, he calls himself an orator, like he's, he's able to talk his ass off, basically. So I think it's always been important, because closed mouths really don't get fed. And like, when you think about it, Even now, like when I go out to certain events and stuff, I'll see a person and I'll know exactly what they do and like have a background of like who they are and stuff. And I might not waste my time talking to them unless I know I could like, actually like, what's the example for it? I have to know it makes sense even introducing myself to them. Like, what is the point of me talking to this person? Like, what benefit is it gonna be mutual? Like what? What's the reason for it? I don't just talk just because, but like, I definitely believe that when I leave a room, what have I gained from that room? Like,
0: you have to give I, value and you have to add value.
1: Yeah, um, that's for sure. I've always been like this though. I think I've always been able to talk to people just because I know that like that's the only way you could like get stuff. Really like, stuff. if you don't say anything, you're not gonna get shit.
0: Yeah, so. you can't be mad if you don't you get to Join astronaut.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what my biggest thing i think that's probably why i've gotten a lot of the things that i have gotten in life is just because i'm not afraid to just like talk to people because the worst they're going to do is tell you no or not right now and then when you ask them again in the next month or year they might remember you from how long ago that you asked them for something damn she been one at this like i just talk i just ask yeah i'll
0: it i definitely fuck with it um yeah i had a question it just like <laughs> well, it just blamed on me
1: real well quick. i do have a question so yeah. Can you tell me more about Creative Row? And I know that you are the creative director for Creative Pro, correct? No. So I do social media management and I help my boss with like other stuff. This is going to sound. How do I? I feel like I do not that I do so much, but I feel like I've been around so long from when the company had just started out. So when, like, I feel like I'm kind of, like, interchangeable with different stuff. So, like, whatever DAPS kind of needs my help with, I'm, like, there to help him with at this point. Like, Gosh. Um, this is my fourth, third year, 18, oh, fourth year, as long as it's my fourth year. Wow.
0: Oh
1: you know, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, kind of just whatever he needs help with at this point. He travels a lot. So yeah. I'm, like, primarily in Atlanta. Um. I don't really travel for shoots. But I'll like get the files and organize them and stuff. Oh, that's fun though that that content creation aspect. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's fun, but I feel like I like it because I feel like it's opened a lot of doors for me to like do other stuff. I think a lot of people, a lot of people in the entertainment industry, you kind of have to have multiple streams of income or like different jobs and put your foot in like several different paths because you really don't know which one is really gonna like hit for real. Like, I think that. I follow my passion and I always believe that the money's just going to follow. Um, and so far it's kind of been working like that. I think that nothing has been planned to a T when you're doing entrepreneurial stuff or like just things that aren't by the book or like a specific actual job or task, you kind of wear just several hats and like just wait and see which one is going to take you in a certain direction yeah and speaking of keeping multiple streams of income and it opening doors for you you also interned with Melania DeRouge did I pronounce right DeRouge? Melania DeRouge yes Uh what was that like one how did you even get the opportunity but then two what was it like working with her I we recently went to um, a conference in in VestFest and where we saw her well I was introduced to her for the first time I didn't really know Mm -hmm. much about her and I was like oh wow like She's out here making like big strides, doing big things. Yeah, she's actually like one of my like favorite like people. Like just her story and the um, success that she's amassed so far is just honestly. Uh, when I first started working for them in 2019, I had DM'd their Instagram page. People don't know that. That was that like I DM'd the page, asked for an email. I had sent them over like my resume, and I I make like um, advertisement decks, like visuals. And so I had made like a visual resume, like a visual, like cover letter or whatever. I don't know how to, I'll show it to you guys later, Uh, but I had made like a deck and I had sent it over to them and she asked me what city I was going to be in this summer. I said, I was going back to LA and their showroom was in LA at the time. So I was like, all right, like I'll just drive in. I was driving from Long Beach to downtown LA, like to do stuff for the showroom. Then that summer she had gotten, um, I don't know if booked is the correct word for it, but the BET awards had asked her to be a part of their fashion experience. So I had worked the expo with them and helped like put together the show, do behind the scenes content and um, just help with like assistant work and stuff. That was my first year doing stuff with them. Then I transitioned into like on-call roles and doing shoots in Atlanta with them. And when I would go back to LA, I would do shoots with them as well. She's probably one of my most like pivotal mentors um, in the sense that, in the sense that what she says, I feel like I hold a lot of value to it just because like, when you watch somebody that's like a black woman, create a a life like that. It's just so much more awe inspiring. I had never gone to Philly before. And so recently I had gone to Philly a couple of weeks ago and seeing Philadelphia like firsthand, like in person, I'm from the suburbs, I'm from Orange County. Like
0: it's the environment the that I'm
1: from, if you're from Orange County, I think you're like in the top 10% of wealth in the world. Like just from that, that the zip codes that are held within Orange County, you're automatically, like, within the top 10% of wealth in the whole entire world by just default from where you live. Um, When I went to Philly, I've never seen some of that shit in my whole entire life. Like, and I mean that with, like, the most respect. Like, the people that come out of, like, inner cities like that, I have a a different level of, like, respect for people like that that build the life of their dreams. Because you have almost every single what is it you have you have so many odds placed against you just from birth like I think I took for granted a lot of the stuff that I thought was like normal for my life until I really even got to Spelman honestly like I remember being in ADW and like girls talking about certain stuff they went through growing up and like I haven't even heard of that stuff I would go back to the room and cry calling my mom because like it was just from a different world like literally everything was just like what the like I didn't even know people live like this so I think mainly part of my experience with Milano DeRouge and like seeing that full circle moment when I flew up there and like went it made me put way more value to her like she's already been a valuable mentor but like just seeing that's where you came from and like you really created this life for you nothing but respect like she really worked her ass off she started selling t-shirts off the back of her trunk like that's right. crazy to like I'll be on set with her now multi-million dollar rental home for like this five shoot just looks for days scheduled to shoot. And it's like, you really built this from the ground up from your trunk. Like how could you not be inspired by that? So yeah. that's what I think my most like beneficial thing has been from being around Milano DeRouge and like the brand and everything. Even the the women that she has working for her. Like some of the most smart black women, the most hardworking black women like it's just it's just inspiring to be around every single time I work with them or go to shoot them like every single time it's just valuable
0: yeah I remember when Milano like I'm from Philly and, and- I remember when Milano first started like blowing up you see people in Milano Rouge t-shirts and like that was you know you wear your Gucci you Louie your Pradas but then you see like oh you got Milano t-shirt yeah that that means like you're you getting a little money now and it was like she transitioned to sweatshirts, then jumpsuits, mm-hmm. and it was like,
1: bikinis, everything, cups, mm-hmm. like candles. She has it all. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for me, I feel like when I went up there, so in LA, we have Skid Row. That's like our, like, Skid Row is where people go to chase their dreams. They end up on Skid Row, and like, it's just over with. When I went up there, um, one of my friends, he was like, uh, we're on the phone. I had a bad experience when I went, basically. So they ended up saving me from the airport. I'm at the airport. And I'm like, I want to get, like, a Philly cheesesteak. I've never had one before, like, from Philly. Like, let's just go around. So he calls our mutual friend. We're, like, on the car phone just talking, like, where should I take her? Like, we have one day. Her flight's not till later. Like, where should I take uh-huh. her? Where and so he goes, uh, take her to Kensington Beach. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I want to see a beach. <laughs> right? And so, I don't even know what that is, but I know Philly ain't got no beach. <laughs> so I was like, yeah,
0: oh, it's like, drama. Sure.
1: This thing is drama. So I'm, like we're driving around and I start like looking out the window and stuff like, God, like, where are we at? Like, what is this? And he was like, this is Kensington Beach. And I was like, (laughs) no. So that was like my thing to be like, like this, the world is just different. Like I had never seen anything like that in my whole entire life. Like that was an eye opener for me. I'll never be ungrateful for anything. Like, no, but that was my one thing where was just too close like that in proximity to the whole city and like us just driving around and like macy's is right down the street basically like Mm -hmm. that is just wild to me i i have never seen anything like it ever before Mm -hmm. but yeah i have a different level of respect from people from like inner cities like that now for sure like most definitely that is different How did you transition over to now rolling papers and your Smack brand which one I I'm a graphic designer I love the branding like oh, I thank you I together I, don't know. I did it myself actually That that is yeah. really good like I really really like it How did I, you transition uh, over to rolling papers and wanting to step into like the cannabis industry Okay so honestly you know how like they have that saying that is like as a black woman like when stuff starts bothering you and like it's just too much going on it's like fuck it I'll do it myself Yes This is kind of one of those projects, honestly. So um, I knew I wanted to work in entertainment and I'm not going to lie. It's actually really hard to get a job in entertainment. Like you can work projects, you can get booked for like shoots and shows, but like to get hired as like a coordinator or get hired as like a director or get hired, like to have an actual role at like a music label, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's actually like harder than people would like assume it to be. I was applying for so many jobs and I wasn't getting hired to anything. Like that's not why, like I was literally emailing people that I had met like on set, like, hey, um, can you contact like HR? Like, is there a direct email? Like, um, is there any job listings that were posted? Like what has been listed that's not on the website yet? Like I was literally trying to get a job. It was during COVID. So I knew that like a bunch of stuff was going on in the world and like a lot of stuff was delayed. I had probably got two or three job offers that were like, once COVID is, like, more, um like, stable and, like, we know what direction the world is going in, we'll get back to you. And, like, we'll pick back up from there. Never heard anything back. And I kind of just started getting, like, a little depressed, honestly, because I kind of was just, like, what am I about to do? Like, yeah. I need to get a job. I need to, like, start making money. Like, what yeah. am I
0: going to do? Bro, life still goes on Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had got hired or not even hired. So I created a LinkedIn account because I just was, like, I need to get on LinkedIn a little bit more. Um, I had an account from school, but it wasn't. It wasn't specific to me. It was like I did it for a school project just to get the points and I didn't really keep up with it. I didn't update any photos. And so I made a completely new LinkedIn account. Some company had reached out to me. They told me that they were hiring for a female rapper personal assistant. I had done assistant work before. Um, when I had my internship at Mean Street, I used to do intern work at Mean Street Studios. And I used to do personal assistant work for an a and And he ended up opening his own publishing company. Um, his name is Talk. And so I was doing assistant work for him. He used to work for Dream Chasers. And um, I felt like I was, it was easy. Like I was making runs, doing administrative work, sending emails, booking flights. Um, I would go to the studio sometimes. He asked me to roll up for him. I would roll up for him. Like here's a blunt, like just normal assistant type stuff. And then one day I had came home from literally a long day and the paper that I was using, it wouldn't seal right. Like, it was kind like, of, bo- like, bothering me. I knew the blunt wasn't going to hit right. And when you start smoking, you know that, like, you want it specific to be a certain type of way. Like, even when you roll it a certain way, like, mm-hmm. somebody passed you the blunt, they didn't roll it right, you might look at it like, I don't even want this. Like, it's a waste of weed. Like, that's how you might look at it a little bit. So... I was frustrated with that, and then the next day I had an interview to be this artist's personal assistant. I signed an NDA, so I can't say who it was, but it was, like, an a artist that I would have been excited to work for. Her um, manager was somebody that I would have really wanted to work for at the time. Um, still probably would a little bit, truthfully, but it was just during the interview, I felt like she was so disinterested in me. Like, all the questions that they were asking me were very, like, It had nothing to do with the job role, I felt. Like, I felt like it was more so than being inquisitive about me. However, I understood it because I was like, okay, well, maybe since I'm going to be a personal assistant, that means I'm going to be around a lot. They just want to know what type of person I am. Like, I was trying to find different ways to think about the whole entire situation. So towards the end of the interview, um, I had asked the artist, like, do you have any questions? Because, like, her manager kind of was talking the whole time. I was like, do you have any questions for me? And she looked me dead in my face and was like, you know how to roll blunts? That's all she asked me and so I looked at her and I was like yeah but like I don't really I I wasn't smoking like that at the time and I didn't want to come off as like some like pothead so like in the interview when she asked me if I knew how to roll blunts I kind of thought it was like a trick question a little bit and I kind of just like smiled and was like like yeah like I said it kind of like soft she was like okay bet that's it and I was like okay so like when am I going to be like hearing from you like I thought that it was like in the bag basically Uh and she's like well we'll probably get back to you in like a week or two I'm like, okay, and so a week or two, I went by, and I didn't hear anything. And so I had reached back out to the company that had set up the interview that like found me on LinkedIn, and they were just like, "Well, they decided to go in a different direction." And I was just like, "Damn!" Like okay, so I was sitting there, and I kind of was just like, "You've just applied for like probably over like twenty or thirty jobs, even though the the period that the world was in was not like a normal job market." I still felt, felt like defeated. I still felt like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't really know what direction my life is going in. And so I kind of sat there and I was just like, these papers suck. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I was still like, I want to roll up. Like, it was just like, I wasn't a good day. Um, I have went to hang out with one of my friends and I was just like, um, yeah, backwood, backwood fucked up, holes all in it. Like, it was just like, damn, like, yeah. what are you passionate about and I remember when I had um the last time I had talked to Milan uh from Milana de Rouge I had told her I was like I'm really trying to figure out what I want to do but like I've been applying to these jobs she had asked me um to like tell her what all I was good at like everything basically and she told me that she would make a job for me like if I wanted to move back to LA she would make a job for me and this was around like February I think I had sat there and I kind of was just like you don't really want to move back home like there was no part of me that wanted to go back to California at that time. My lease was almost over in Atlanta, too. But I still just was like, you don't really want to go nowhere.
0: This February uh, 2021, like still in COVID. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so um, I kind of just was like, all right, start to just start booking people for your personal shoots. Because I already knew how to make the treatments. I already knew. I had the vision for actual shoots. Like, I knew what I wanted stuff to look like. I do my own creative shoots. Um, and so I got my LLC, it was like Mac parks, LLC. And so that's what I started doing. That is just like hiring people and like people would reach out to me and book me for their shoots. Um, so then when I further like sat on it, I kind of was just like, damn, like people call you all the time and ask you for advice. They ask you like, who do I contact for this? Like, how do I do this? And I'm like, you're so valuable as a person, like monetize yourself. What's fun for you. Yeah. And so then I ordered. I started doing my research on the papers. I wanted to do a Graba leaf at first. It's hard to find a Graba leaf manufacturer. And so I was like, let me start with the papers then. And I started with the rolling papers. And then I like got the dimensions and like started, like I know how to work on Canva. So I got the dimensions and like made the packaging myself. Um, found the formula for the papers that I liked. I sampled them for a minute. Um, and then slowly but surely just like started getting stuff together, like getting my LLC, trademarking the name, uh, getting my EIN number, business account, um, just everything to make it like legit. Yeah. And I'm just going to like follow it. I want to wipe out raw papers. (laughs)
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Was it a difficult, was it difficult to kind of get everything set up or was it like, because you already had so much of the knowledge Uh and experience, it was kind of like, just fell into place
1: i'm not gonna lie no this shit's hard as fuck like i'll be completely honest like it's it it's not it's not hard but it's not for everybody you have to be a self-starter you have to get up and know you have to get certain things done um it's hard because you never know what's going to happen that day when you wake up. Like I've woken up and like been so excited that like, oh, my package is going to come in. It's going to be da-da-da-da-da. And you just waited two weeks for a package to get shipped from overseas. You open it up and it's not what you've been waiting for. So like, it's just a bunch of stuff. But one day I had called DAPS and I was freaking out because I was just kind of like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And he had sent me, he was like, go watch what I posted on TikTok. And I thought he was being funny. Like, I thought he was like, being annoying like why am i about to go look at your tiktok and he had posted um i'll send it to you guys too it was this um clip it was a triangle and it was fast um let me find it actually it was like fast easy and slow i think all right was three topics and basically the the video was just saying if you have to pick between all three of these like you literally have to pick two you'll never get all three like no matter how much you want it to be all three you'll never get all three because it's just not it's not the world isn't set up to let you have all three let me find it so i can get it right okay it's good fast cheap if it's good and it's fast it's not going to be cheap Mm -hmm. if it's cheap and it's good it's not going to be fast if it's fast and it's cheap it's not going to be good so it's just like a triangle effect to everything and like I have to like find a a mental state to just be okay with no matter how stuff goes to just like keep it rolling. My friend Clacey, it's this uh movie called Snow in the Bluff? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, in the beginning, when he was like, no matter what, keep this motherfucker rolling. Yeah. That's, every day you wake up, keep this shit going. That's yeah. really just yeah. right there. It. What keeps you pushing? What keeps that drive? Like, how do you stay? motivated even when you don't feel like doing it i know the life i want Mm -hmm. like it really is that i could see it like you know how people say they see things in color and like it sounds like kind of like oh like it sounds like crazy i really could see it like i know it's gonna happen like that sounds like actually like, wow. You might be like, oh, like she's a little crazy. No, no crazy. that's literally uh-huh. how I view my life too. And he views his life. Like, uh-huh. I, I look, feel I it. It. like I really feel like I'm sitting in like my pre-rich era and it's just like, I'm pulling right now. Like I don't go out too much. And like, I'm fine with that. Cause I feel like I'm putting in like the work. Like when I wake up one day and it's like, okay. <laughs> when I wake up one day and I'm like sitting in front of it all, I'm going to sit and be like, this is why I did that. Like, you know, like, it's going to feel good. Even I had told Milan last time I saw her. So we had a shoot in um, LA a couple months ago and I was back home for it. And so I think it was in West Hollywood. And I was going back to my mom's house. My mom stays out by Palm Springs. And so I was on set, the set ran over like a couple hours. And I was just like, damn, I don't want to drive home. Cause I knew it was like an hour and a half, like two hour drive. And I was like, I don't really feel like making that drive. and so. My mom was like, where are you driving to? And I was like, I have to drive back to my mom's house. And she goes, why don't you just stay here? And I looked at her and I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? This house was like a house in the hills, fat as fuck, infinity pool. Like, it was nice. And so I was just like, what do you mean I could stay here? She was like, well, I rented the house for like the full like day. So I have it to tomorrow, but I'm going home and I don't want you driving like that. You could just stay. And I was just like, okay. Wow, the and in like a dream situation. Yeah. And so I literally- um, that night I helped her pack up everything. Um, her assistant, Taylor, me and her are actually like good friends. Like I really like Taylor a lot. She has her own company called T-Box. Um, she sells um, like it's jewelry. It's real jewelry, but it's at a reasonable price. It doesn't tarnish. So um, I had told her I'm going to end up staying, FaceTime her. I laid in the house and I took a shower in, a, the shower was the size of my bedroom. It was a full granite like room. It was just like, like, the craziest bathroom I've ever been in, like literally the whole entire bathroom was like marble granite, like marble walls, marble, like it was just nice. And so I took a shower in this room, basically steam room, got out the shower, laid in this like California King bed and looked out. You could see Capitol Records from the um, like wall, like the whole entire like wall was just like glass windows. And I could see uh, Capitol Records, sunset, like I see like just the hills, the lights, like everything. And I was just laying there like Wow, like you really could live this life because it exists. You know who Lisa Nichols is?
0: No name doesn't sound familiar. Lisa
1: Nichols, she's a uh, motivational um, speaker, self help. Um, She writes like books and does like public speaking and stuff. Uh And I used to watch her videos. Um, I watched like all types of like different like mental type things just to like get my brain moving a little bit. And she had in one of her videos, she was talking about how when she would go to these nice events and like galas and stuff, she would always touch on everything like. $12,000 $12,000 couches and stuff, she would rub on it a little bit. Not in, like, a creepy, like, thing, but, like, she would go buy it. <laughs> like, she would touch it a little bit. She would rub it a little bit. And in her head, that was just her telling herself that, like, it you should, could yes. get it. Like, you could materialize that. Like, it was there. It existed. Like, if somebody else could afford it and get it and buy it, why can't you? Yeah. So I really laid there in that moment on, like, some, all right, like, it's time to get to work a little bit. And I had talked to her about the rolling papers then and I had talked to um, another guy on set and told him I was about to do it but I didn't have any samples or anything yet I was just like thinking of it all in my in my head and then when I got back to Atlanta I kind of was just like let's do it and then it was a bunch of factors I was actually going through a lot in my life at this time point and everything just kind of all clicked at once to be like all right like let's get this shit together so yeah
0: for sure um before we wrap up I do have one more question because like just sitting here, and just talking to you, you can see how impactful the power of mentorship was for you. I know you talked mm-hmm. about Milan, and I know you probably have a plethora of other women mentors. We didn't even get into that side of just like your whole boss women, um you know, lifestyle. But how? What do you look for in a mentor? Somebody's listening right now. They're hearing what you're talking about. They're like, "Damn, this is valuable to me. I want to find somebody that might be of value to me as well." How? What do you look for in a mentor?
1: Okay, so first off, I don't take advice from everybody. Uh, my biggest thing is if I can't see myself living the life that like you're speaking to me on, then I'm not gonna listen to you talk about it. Like that's the same thing for like when I'm sitting in a group with my friends and they're telling me not to deal with somebody. You haven't had a boyfriend in six years. Why am I about to listen to you? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just certain small stuff like that. So when I hear people, when I hear people like, walk in their stuff like there's not anything that I feel like Milan could tell me that I wouldn't really listen to because it's like I've watched her create it for herself right. um, that's one thing and secondly I feel like you need to know for sure what you want to do personally like you might see somebody and it might look like they have a lit life or like they're outside a lot and like they're in the mix but like you could idolize somebody that really doesn't do shit at all like you don't know what people are doing social media really is like fake like
0: I didn't like
1: say that but like you post what you want people to see like you you literally display the life that you want everybody to think you have like i haven't posted a normal photo on instagram in a minute cuz i haven't i haven't been going out i haven't done anything like i've really just been focused on like my business for real but i feel like i don't feel bad about that because i'm putting my energy towards other things and you should sure? uh, Girls from Spelman will message me sometimes or like DM me and ask me, like, I want you to like mentor me or like, can you give me any advice? And like, I'll really tell them, like, honestly, no, but like, tell me what you want to do and I might point you in the right direction. Cause I feel like people see me post celebrities and stuff, but they don't really know what I actually do with them. So it's kind of like you dislike the way it looks. Yeah. And I don't want to like go for that. But if you tell me specifically like what you want to do, I'll DM somebody that I'm friends with that does it and be like, hey, like, it's this girl that xyz like can you help her out if not then like I'll tell her no but like it's just I think people have been super into just trying to jump on bandwagons or jump on people's like clout trains and people don't want to actually put in the work and like I I don't even feel comfortable fully saying that because I don't even think that I put in all my work yet but like I know that you have to put in like the hours to like get the results that you want um just make sure that person is a legit worker, like make sure their reputation is like solid, I guess. Um, I I wouldn't be opposed to doing free work at first but still know your value. Don't do that forever. Don't sit and let people take advantage or use you but um, you have to get your foot in the door some way. Um, I don't know, I guess that's the main one is just like putting in like the work and like knowing the person that you're working for and like seeing if it really is like a valuable valuable use of your time
0: sure Mm -hmm. that's a backdrop right there that's that we going in the episode right there Michaela thank you well Max I'm sorry thank you so so much for just coming and gracing our platform today I feel like anybody who listens is going to learn a whole whole lot from you if people want to keep up with you uh where can they follow you at on social media
1: follow me on instagram at mac parks m-a-k-p-a-r-k-s-s-s um and then i have both of my jobs in my bio so you guys can follow those pages too and guys make sure you check out her page for her smacked rolling papers i don't know if you want to show us real quick i need to give you some because i've been trying to get you some uh well i guess i'll do these these are um Talk us through it. Talk us like you're selling this to our this. Okay. So I wish I had some trash papers to show you the difference. All right, let me get this pack because I've already been using this one. So it's called smack papers. These are 100% organic. I have hemp papers as well. These are like the green pack. So when you go to the website, it'll be like a brown circle and a green circle. That's like the differentiation. Um, I like my papers because the adhesive is strong on it, but it's all natural. So it's not like it's going to taste gross or anything. But if you, like, go to seal it. And then you got to try to open it. It's not going to open. Okay, (laughs) the other papers, they don't hold like that. The other papers don't do the same thing. And then I even have smack facts on the back. So when you get high, you guys can converse with your friends about some of the facts on the back.
0: Are there different facts all the time or is...
1: I'm going to start rotating them out. So they are going to start being different facts right now. They're not, but I already have them like pre-drafted. I just have to place them on order. Um, and then the website is www.reusmats.com. Uh, I say they're designed by science, but drive by nature. Cause it's all natural. Um, it's non-GMO, vegan, unbleached papers, and the natural adhesive on it as well. And so I hope you guys really like them. I've been trying to, um, get them into smoke shop. So that's my next step right now. Um, it should be coming soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited. Atlanta right now, I've already got it into five states, I think I have it in New Jersey. Um, well, I've shipped to New Jersey, um, Texas, Arizona, California, and Florida. So, and in Georgia, six. So we're six takes in and we just launched on the 12th. So that's very exciting. And I hope that you guys can watch it grow. Yeah.
0: Yes. Wishing you all the best, all the absolute. Wishes in the world. Jase, where can the people find you at on socials? You
1: guys can find me at Sha Robinson, J A S I A Robinson, like Jackie on all social media platforms. You
0: find me on all platforms at E N A Barrett, two R's, two T's, and the underscore at the end.
1: And make sure you guys subscribe, like, and comment and rate this podcast. We know you love this episode. We love this episode. We thank you so much, Mac, for coming on. And make sure you guys keep up with Beat the Maze podcast. We'll be back again next monday at 8 Mm a.m on the dot
0: see you next time have a good one